Let me tell you about my family. Oh, hello. Welcome back to a very special episode of Saturday Morning Tuesdays. I'm Andy. I'm Austin. And I'm Rory. And uh, we're sort of taking a break from our normal day-to-day, week-to-week, and we're actually talking about some totally different stuff. And we have another totally different thing, which is that we have a guest here today, our very lovely friend, Allison. Hi, everybody. Yes. Allison is great. Uh, Thank you. You are also great. We're all friends already. <laughs> I'm not a stranger. We know each other. Hello. Good cover. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we found her on Tinder. Oh, gross. <laughs> no, the oh Tinder God. setting for podcast guests. Yeah, for pod. Yeah, whatever. Whatever the really <laughs> shitty podcast not friend looking for app. men, women, podcast guests. <laughs> It's a picture of me with someone else's dog. And the bio <laughs> says, like, has appeared on several podcasts that don't relate anything to this subject at all. Swipe right for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new slogan. This is a horrible, this is a horrible idea. A terrible intro already. Speaking of horrible uh, ideas, what are we watching? Oh, my God. Uh, Rory, why don't you tell us this was your horrible idea? Uh, okay, so, you know... <laughs> I wanted to watch uh, Life with Louie, uh, which would be Louie Anderson's cartoon on Fox um, when mm-hmm. I was, ooh, I forgot to look up the exact date. Would have been around 1995. 10, 95, 90, so six. Okay. <laughs> 10, six. You know, it's all a blur. It's just a cartoony blur. You just went into a fugue state like after you were born and then just like emerged fully formed at like 22. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be an interesting show to revisit because it sort of stands out to me. Uh, I remember thinking it was very weird when I was when it was on TV in a way that yeah. I couldn't. It clearly totally. wasn't the weirdest thing they'd ever that had ever been on the air. So it had some sort of other different quality that I couldn't quite pin down. Um, also, yeah. it would be by you know uh, a pretty prolifically renowned comedian who dipped his toes into cartoons, which as a now fully formed adult, that had a different kind of interest to me. Yeah. Well, and it kind of is entirely forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. At this point. It wasn't until like halfway through the second episode, I realized I watched this show religiously as a kid. (laughs) I completely (laughs) forgot about this hideous little main character and how much time I spent with him when I was like six. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, really fast. Let's let's give a teeny bit of context then. So we uh, we watched only three episodes of this show, right? So this as is, is our tradition, as is our tradition. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to hopefully try and make this like a monthly deal, like to sort of do like a special episode where we dive into a show that we're really not interested in following religiously. It's um, a little bit more like a, like a exploring some some dark cave. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) then holding your hand through through our dark memories. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is new uncharted territory to some degree. So, we watched. uh, I'm I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna read the blurbs and tell you what episodes because in case you actually wanted to like step away and watch these episodes and then hear us talk about it, you know I'll let you I'll let you do that right. So like we watched season one episode two. Dad gets canned. So, in this one. Andy, which is Louie's dad, gets fired from his job. Louie gets upset because he wanted to spend his vacation relaxing. And then Andy forces him to work. And then his mom gets a job and, you know, 
things move from there. Uh, we also, so we watched, there's three seasons of the show, so we watched now, one episode from each season. Andy, really quick, now why did you yep. choose episode two instead of episode one? Ah, yes, well, episode one uh, aired in, like, around Christmas 1994, and it was sort of like this weird one-off TV special, seemingly like, kind of like a, hey, who likes this, anyone? Like a, a backdoor <laughs> pilot. Yeah. Weird. Uh, so it was like a Christmas special, which I think, I can't think of another show that premiered with a Christmas special. That's so strange. Yeah. Very odd. Um, so who maybe? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But technically, you know, so the first episode that started actually the sort of regular airing was the second episode of season one called Dad, mm-hmm. Gets, Dad Gets Canned. So in. Wow. So we picked that one because it was sort of like the beginning of the regular show run. Um, because I think I think when we do these, we probably want to start with like a pilot or a first reasonable first episode just so that we get kind of an intro. Because this was very likely a lot of people's first episode that they watched when this was on TV. Um, so then we picked an episode from season two, which is called Buzz Stop, episode eight. Uh, Andy, his dad, wants to have a bigger RV than the ne- their neighbors, the Jensen's. And so he buys a bunch of bees to make more money and then gets obsessed with bees. Uh, Who hasn't done that? At we uh, <laughs> saw that episode description, and that, that was that was, was all we needed. Yeah, is <laughs> only you only need to say bees maybe once or twice before we're in. Oh yeah. Uh, and then the last episode we watched was season three, episode seven, "Close Encounters of the Louis Kind." Uh, Louis and his friend Mike make a spaceship, which causes his dad to be declared ambassador of the Earth, which is the blurb that I found that skips a lot of the middle and sounds very confusing. Uh, but we'll get there. Uh, so, yeah, there it is. Episode, so Dad Gets Canned, Buzz Stop, and Close Encounters of the Louis Kind. Now, pause your podcast now and go watch. Or really don't, please. <laughs> you don't need to watch this. <laughs> I mean, let's hear what everyone thinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I would say going into Life with Louis, I think I actually had sort of higher expectations and then lower expectations and then higher expectations again. It was kind of a, like a weird roller coaster for me. Yeah, I I agree completely. The first episode was a bit of a rocky, rocky start. uh, Comedy wise. I Uh, loved the first episode. Oh, did you? Let's hear about it. I really loved it. Uh, I think the thing that just kind of struck me the most is that they established in the basically the first episode that dad has PTSD. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's a big joke. It's a big, hilarious joke. It's a big (laughs) joke, but also it's like a big part of like why he does things like they do a really kind of weirdly balanced job of recognizing that. Oh, no, like, oh, like, oh, he's he's bumbling and ridiculous. But at the same time, like every single choice that he's made in his life is because of that. Like, what? How is this show tackling this? I, I love cartoons that explore realistically shitty parents. And yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. These are parents that are very realistic, kind of shitty, but also like genuinely love their 11 children. And to know. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly 11 children. 11 real know, life children. Right. Yeah. Like this is still based off of like a real dude. And it, it really feels that way. Like he treats these, uh, at least the parents, like actual people. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. And I had, first, a, I had a yeah. note about a similar thing that I think sort of framing it with the, the framework of Louis Anderson telling these stories at the beginning 
makes it a lot easier to kind of go darker places because totally. we understand that this person has come out the other side and the main character can't die at the end, you know? Well, <laughs> and that the writers aren't necessarily making choices. Like, this is kind of... We're, we're seeing what's really happened or what is supposedly really happened versus, like, mm-hmm. oh, writers just sort of made these random choices about these characters. Right. Sure. I'd be interested to know what the percentage of the writing is, like, actually based on fact and stories that he told about his life and what percentage of it is just like the characters are but then here's a wacky cartoon plot you know like i'd be willing i'd be willing to bet this first episode we watched where dad loses his job i bet that that's probably based on some real life i mean they were talking about labor unions as part of the uh, as part of like the actual story this felt very rooted in reality uh but like framed in a way that kids can still understand which is really special Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the way i felt watching this first episode um, was kind of like uh, when you're forced to watch your friend's one-man show. Oh, no. (laughs) And like... (laughs) Oh, you're right. Oh, no. You know, and you're like, oh, oh, no. I just kind of felt like sitting there and hearing him do the narrator and then doing like the dad's voice and then doing the kid's voice and like another kid's voice. And it felt like not super smooth, the transitions between each voice. At I least in the first episode, between, between him doing his his narrator and his dad's voice, it is a little jarring. Yeah, it was deep ninety five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and so something I want to point out as one of uh, as sort of our resident fun fact guy. I don't know why I've fallen into that role, but I that's have. your role now. You just established yeah, so all yeah. you do is bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, on some level, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> So uh, they only they only did the Louis Anderson talks to the camera in real life intros for the first season. Oh. Uh, they stopped doing those after the first season and instead replaced it with uh, the theme sort song. of goofy theme song for seasons two and three. That's and why about my life. I mean, yeah. nothing nothing drags in like the children, like an intro of a middle aged man huffing at the camera and telling them, <laughs> well, I remember it differently. Like, oh, Dad's going to tell stories again. Lame. <laughs> yeah. yeah the other thing too that is interesting is um so this came out on the same network as bobby's world that's oh. true it was also on fox uh so bobby's world came out in 1990 which was also the product of howie mandel doing the voice of the kid and used a lot of stories from his growing up and the beginning of bobby's world started with a live action intro of howie mandel talking and then it went to the cartoon so it's pretty clear that like they approached Louie to kind of do Bobby's world, but for Louie. Right. Well, and if you've ever listened to any of Louie's stand-up, I mean, he pretty much exclusively talks about family and like right. telling stories. Like that's his whole shtick. You it know? suits it suits the format really well. Yeah. Um why don't we uh why don't we sort of talk about the events of this first episode we watched? Dad gets canned. Mm-hmm. Um he uh, so he loses he loses his job, which I OK, so that's actually my favorite. Uh, I my favorite part about this first episode, and I think it is my favorite. Uh, sorry, Rory, we have different opinions. Uh, oh, no. Oh, God. Jeez. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, I, I really like it because um, it feels it feels like a really sort of like grounded kind of story. Uh, and, and that's that's kind of what I was really into as a kid. I mean, we know I we know I liked Hey Arnold, that's come up. But like, yeah. 
that's kind of why I liked it, right? Because it was very, it was very like, let's talk stories about some real people. I mean, a working class dad who's an army vet and has a ton of kids, he loses his job and he doesn't want to talk about it. I mean, like, that's not normal kids show fare. And I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. too. Mm hmm. Yeah. It was so I, I I thought that was interesting, but you know, and and in the end of the episode, we find out that he loses his job because he let his coworker leave work early because his coworker was having a baby. So yeah, like, but I mean, th- that gets kind of wrapped up in a kind of cartoonishly uh, positive ending. True, true. Uh, but it's, I mean, it, you're it, not wrong. I think if they were gonna if they were gonna let you know that that he lost his job for a good reason and then he still had no job, that mm-hmm. would have been a really emotional moment. But it right. felt more like just the way they could bring things back to back to normal in two minutes. So your your beef is that they didn't leave Andy jobless for the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying they didn't really have to own giving him a good reason why he was fired. That's true. We probably didn't even need an explanation. Yeah, it could have been anything because they were gonna they were gonna zap it back in in one more page. But, but I, guess, I, I like that they they trusted kids to be smart enough to follow that, though. Like, they uh-huh. still made that active choice that we're going to give this kind of a complicated ending. Like, yeah, it does wrap up in, like, a minute. But at the same time, like, a, a 12-year-old trying to follow along that, oh, he lost his job because his company treats its workers unfairly. It's really that's – a, that's a big concept for kids. And they managed sure. to wrap it up in a way that's fun to watch and also really honest. Well, totally. and thematically speaking uh, – I also I also enjoy that. I mean, the whole the whole sort of point of the episode is that Louis wanted to have a nice summer by himself doing what he wanted. But instead, his dad lost his job and his dad was like, all right, Louis, you're going to spend all this time with me doing chores. And he's like, oh, hey, Louis, hey, Louis, you got to spend time with your old man. And so so he's like, I want to spend time with my kid. And then when we find out that he loses his job because he wanted his coworker to have time with his kid, it sort of like ties together. You it know? does so like, segue into my favorite part of the episode, uh, which was um, Louis going around with his mom while his mom gets her first job. Uh, oh, yeah. Being able to see like, oh, no, it's OK. Mom's got this. Uh, and she's learning at the same time, like how to be a salesperson. And Louis just like at first really reluctant, like, ugh, we're going to sell girl products. And by the end of like the sequence, he's like super into it, demonstrating all the sense and mm-hmm. showing off that, mm-hmm. oh, I can sell this stuff, too. That was really cool. And I love that uh, the dad never like really like firmly, firmly said, no, you're not allowed to do that. You're the wife. You're supposed to take care of the 11 kids. That was really cool to see. Though I did write down the line that he had where she's like, I'm, I got a job. And he's like, well, all you've ever done in your life is cook, clean, dust, sweep, <laughs> scrub, suckle, and nurture. What could you possibly know about work? Yeah, that's why when it's, it, you know, it, it, it's clearly told from this point of view. Yeah. Uh, right. That respects his mom, even though she is a little bit underdeveloped as part of the show. Oh, yeah. Sure. She's just kind of like this adorable Midwestern saint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's got to hold down the entire. Yeah. But I do. I do like her. I tried yeah. to find information about her voice actress, uh, Edie McClurg. Yeah, that's Edie McClurg. And she's like, they? she's apparently made a career taking side roles in projects I've never heard of. Uh, and then when mm-hmm. she's some, in something that I have heard of, it's something I didn't even recognize. Oh, wow. So uh, I, I like her in this show, but like I couldn't find a thing to latch onto in her uh, in her sort of mm-hmm. history. So oh. Edie actually, uh, she did the Groundlings in L.A. Oh yeah, um, oh, my wow. dad actually knows her, knew what? her, claims to have known her. Uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where he talks about like 
you know, he might, you know, you might know, you might know her. Oh, I haven't talked to her <laughs> like talked to him lately, but about meeting the blue angels. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I know he at least followed her with groundlings and stuff with, uh, Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman. And mm. so she was kind of in that, in that group of folks. Uh, do, we need, do we need like a gong to ring when, when we have like a personal connection to a show? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so like one degree of separation for Austin. That's very cool. Kind of. Yeah, we'll see. Have to have to press for more info on that. But well, there you go. I liked I liked the mom. She's a she's a fun character. I mean, the dad, the dad is basically the other main character. It's Louie and his dad, Andy. Uh, I mean, unless we just picked episodes that were really high concentration of Andy. Uh, it seems like the dad is just as much the main character as Louie is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do, if I recall, in the first episode, isn't that kind of in the premise? Isn't that kind of cooked in a little bit? Like, these are my stories about my dad. Yeah. Sorry, think, yeah. And, you know, one of the, one of the things is that uh, Louis' dad in real life died in, like, the 70s, uh, like, late 70s, which is, uh, like, right as Louis started doing stand-up. Gotcha. So, so, like, his entire stand-up career, he's been able to, like, I don't know, freely kind of... That's how I can get away love, with it, yeah. Love and judge his dad without having his dad around to be upset about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, it's interesting. Which is very fun. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not fun that he died, but it's it's fun because it's like a weird uh, situation that pe- most people don't end up in. Uh, sure. Like, you know, when you have a lot of, I, I always wonder that about comedians who are like joking mostly about their family. I'm like, you're mm-hmm. like in your 30s. Like, what does your family even think about this right now? Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the entire, if you've seen uh, Sleepwalk with me from Mike Birbiglia, where, you know, his entire, like, main arc is learning to, like, actually tell personal stories, regardless of who might be upset by it, and how much better his stand-up comedy became once you kind of, like, decide to just use that personal, painful stuff. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's it's clear that, like, Louis really been able to tap into that for a long time. You know, because yeah. it's it's true. Um, I was I, I do want to talk a little bit about the character designs. Oh my god! Me too. Yes. <laughs> they're ugly. Um, they're so ugly. That's why I watched this yeah. show as a kid. Yeah, I remember rough. now. I remember looking at commercials for this and being like, "That looks gross," and not watching it. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of where what I remember too is kind of being spooked away by this little monster child. <laughs> Who talks? Uh, I mean, I don't want to. If nobody's listened to this show yet or seen this show yet, let let's. Uh, he's not doing a kid voice for his kid version of himself. No, no he's God, just no. he's just kind of sounding like this, Dad. No, oh, like, Dad. Hey, Dad. Uh, I hope I don't get a B on this project. Like, yeah, it's very it's, low energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really kind of ghoulish. I'm not sure how I watched so much of the show as a kid. Like, I really didn't remember it until I saw, like, the image and the actual, like, screenshots that you guys sent over and was like, oh, shit, I watched hours of this. <laughs> and, and I'm not really sure what, what made me stick past the first episode because, yeah, the character designs are just not fun to look at. But at the same time, like, I don't know why I don't know why I'm def- actually no I know why I'm defending the show because I watched so many hours of it but like the main character is a, a pudgy not traditionally attractive kid 
and they find a way to make him uh like interesting at the very least and put yeah. in like real life stories. That's I mean, we gotta commend them for that at least. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I totally do. I mean, I think when you realize how much of a non-traditional protagonist he is, it's it's alarming. Like compared to even Bobby's world before it, like right. you know, Bobby in Bobby's Bobby's that, world, Bobby's that cool prankster kind of yeah, yeah, he's, ha-ha, oh boy! You know, he's just kind of like a blank <laughs> slate. Another kind of a blank slate character who is sure. very open and receptive to the world around him. And then they have all these wacky characters around them. Um, even think about, like, Doug. Uh, yeah. From sure. Doug. And, you know, they're all kind of the, like, wonderbread of, of people. <laughs> but they kind of just sort of react to everything. And, right. And to have Louie be such a, like... Well, whatever, Dad. <laughs> he has no so, charisma whatsoever. He, he would but be he the supporting somehow. character. Like he would oh, be the supporting sure. character. He would be the friend to the like, main character. Would be Matt Grunwald or whatever his name. Yeah, is. it would be Mike that kid who looks like Eric Stoltz from Mask. Yeah. Yes. But like, yeah. But then he'd have like the the weird friend who's Louis. But Louis's the main character, which yeah, definitely gives it this sort of interesting. Already an interesting spin. Yeah, and I, I also, I mean, I like how they, wow, we're really coming up with a lot of positive things to say about this show. Um, Which is not to say it's, it. yeah, yeah, I like the, the We it's are enjoying it. The show's not necessarily that great, but uh, it is nice to recognize that there are good things about this. That maybe mm -hmm. if the creators had spent like a little more time and attention or script rewrites, they could have gotten there. Uh, but there are these little nuggets of goodness that deserve uh, some kudos. Yeah. And I mean, I think that the the thing that I find interesting about Louis is that they didn't really fall because it's him. I mean. Supposedly, I mean, he probably helped write a lot of it, right? I mean, that's kind of the whole point. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't really pay attention to who was writing what episodes, but like, I feel like he must have had a lot of input because it's like him doing most of the work. So, mm -hmm. it's not like they're writing this sort of fake person that they can put into whatever like uh, sort of archetype they want. It's Louis being like, oh, "That's kind of how I was as a kid," and so you don't really have like a cliche that we can call Louis. He's short and pudgy and kind of sassy, and he's bad at school, but he likes being outside. He's not like a nerd that wants to stay inside. He's not right. even really a nerd. He likes being outside. His like idea of a great summer is to put a TV on a tire and float it in <laughs> Toddler's pool, because there's a kid named Toddler. Yeah. I just want to point that out. That was very confusing. Cool nickname yeah. for a boy named Todd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's no. fair. But mm. then, you know, he wants to be in his swimsuit on a floaty in the pool, watching TV also in the pool, and like, you know, they could have just as easily wanted him or have had him want him to be in like the basement watching TV or whatever. Right. I mean, like that's mm -hmm. a small thing. But like, I feel like they sort of do that throughout like what we've seen. Like he's a pretty outgoing kid for as sort of unpopular as you would normally expect a show to make a character like. him. Yeah, it's kind of an unmarketable show. Which like mm -hmm. I think which You're is kind wrong, of yeah. why which I think is kind of why we forgot about it a lot, because it's not. A sexy cartoon. <laughs> it's pretty. It's kind of the opposite of sexy. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say a thing that might make Rory uh, agree with me or or mad at me. But I. I honestly, the thought I couldn't get out of my head while I was watching this is like it's as if King of the Hill was written for children. <gasps> yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh huh. And like I can kind of get with that. Yeah, like, you're not, not wrong. That's like yeah. You know, it's like these sort of awkward but very real rural 
family people sort of going through sitcom but like very personal sort of drama situations. Mm-hmm. You're not going like, to have like a time travel episode. You're not going to have no. like right. the, Yeah, so like I feel I feel like it's kind of like that. And, you know, in a way that that King of the Hill is sort of very uh casually and positively diverse. So is this show. Yeah. Uh right? Like their their next door neighbors are uh is a, they're a black family and it's never there's never a thing, there's never a comment. Like in fact, they're like rich and just bought an RV in that second episode. And like, there's not even a, a, a mention, like it's kind of nice about that. And I feel like it has that in common with King of the Hill as well. So I, I and, and King of the Hill is something that I only loved when I added another 10 years onto my life. Right. Yeah. At that age, like when I was younger, King of the Hill was, had no, I had no interest in King of the Hill. It, mm-hmm. it didn't, it was like, this is boring. Like I want to watch the Simpsons. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I don't remember exactly when I turned from a uh, from disliking it to, to loving it. Uh, it certainly had a similar trajectory to me as what you guys are describing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of, I mean, without going too far off topic, King of the Hill was one that sort of took, sort of ar- forcing yourself through it because it was it was sort of aired alongside The Simpsons, and it was like, what am I going to go do for twenty minutes? Yeah, right. <laughs> Obviously, I'm just going to stay here. That's the only context in which I ever watched it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll hear a lot um, of people but, talk about making shows and about how, uh, you know, the one of the most important things for viewership is the show on right before you. Yeah. Totally. So uh, it can't have hurt that yeah. Simpsons came on, <laughs> you know? So. Man, how do you even fit a show like this one, uh, Life with Louie, like into a lineup? Like, especially in the 90s, like, what do you, what do you, like, sandwich this in between in that era? Well, it was Bobby's World. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, they were, they were definitely running on on the Fox box, I think they were on. Oh, yeah. They were on Fox. At least they're on Fox, but I don't know the lifespan of the Fox box. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, uh, by the way, another fun fact, this was made by... Um, it was Fox, but also Hyperion Pictures or Hyperion Animation, which is also known for doing the Brave Little Toaster. <gasps> I okay. knew it. Uh. And also Rover Dangerfield. Oh, oh shit. yeah. Uh, if you want another like aging comedian <laughs> doing an animated thing about uh, their work. That um, classic genre. <laughs> and after this, uh, they also produced The Proud Family. Oh, I could go oh. on for years about The Proud Family. That's a great show. It's a wonderful show. Um, you guys should do a podcast about that show. <laughs> hey, you know, the the world is our oyster. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I sort of a, a really baby early version of my segment that will come later. I know you're all on tenterhooks waiting for it. Uh, mm. the, the question about what else was on Fox Kids at the time. Um, if you guys remember Eek the Cat. Extravaganza. Not really. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah, that one I remember vividly happening with Bobby's World and Life with Louie. They also had, uh, I mean, they had Power Rangers. Naturally. They had, uh, um, oh, what the heck? They had the X-Men cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, they had the Goosebumps show and a couple other little things. But, you know, it was all sort of like, you know, toothless kids stuff. Right? Right. Yeah. Like, like the closest they got to anything that was, that had any substance was X Men and uh, maybe the like Spider Man show that they had going on at the time. Sure. Um, but like, 
you know, so this would have been kind of out of place no matter when they aired it. This was their <laughs> prestige show, too. Like, it won two Emmys. Or wow. two daytime Emmys. Daytime right. Emmys, I would say. But Right. Oh, I um, didn't remember. So, for a daytime Emmy... Oh, I guess because Saturday morning is daytime? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I never considered that. Yeah, that that's when mm-hmm. they would get their, their awards. Because I thought sometimes they... Didn't, like, Batman TAS get a normal Emmy? Maybe, but I don't maybe, know. Did they shift time slot at some point to start airing those in prime time? Because I'm not positive. I could have done a little sneaky move to get it in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, this, I mean, so won two daytime Emmys for Louis Anderson's vocal performance. <laughs> he's, yeah. you know, doing a lot. I got to say, though, it, it after even after the first episode after after the first scene of the first episode i was like oh my god how much of this do i have to listen to <laughs> his, him doing his dad is like technically impressive but it god it's hard to listen to it's a lot. really rough yeah i mean it makes me wonder what he really sounded like because i'm willing to bet it's not far yeah i'm sure right. that's I mean, pretty similar it sounds similar to the impression he does on stage mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i'm sure that's as close as he can physically get to his father at least the sure. sort of like new avatar of his father that he's created for this show with his weird square body and dangly <laughs> spider legs weird, they did weird manage to capture dad. they captured my absolute favorite body type in the dad which That's is haunt. like two different body types smashed Space together Vader? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a sphere with two little twig legs which i i very much love like oh, a rhombus great. or something. It's like, <laughs> it's like the, I, I always, I, I've seen people like that in real life too, though, oh, yeah. right? Like, like mm-hmm. it's like they, like you imagine they wear jeans with a belt to, all the time. And so when they get fat, there's nowhere for the fat to go except somewhere above the belt, <laughs> you know? And so it just builds above and slops, like slumps over, but their legs look normal. What like, doctors hate. <laughs> <laughs> Belts in bed. Um, ten belts so, that doctors hate. <laughs> Seven will surprise you. Uh, okay, so how about? Uh, I mean, because we're not, you know, super interested in any individual episode here, but let's sort of like shift our focus onto the second on one. Too. Let's get to uh, the stop. The B episode. So this one again is the one where. Uh, well, this wasn't in my little blurb, but. Uh, Louis has to have a science project and he has to choose between dung beetles or bees and because everyone else has <laughs> taken apparently every other science topic and Louis has no imagination. And so he's like, well, bees sound good, I guess. And so he does bees. And then his dad is like really wanting to buy an RV because he's pissed that his neighbors have a cool RV. And he's like, oh, you know what's going to make me a lot of money? Bees and honey. Yeah, and so he's, he's, he's he sort of like takes over these, the project. magazines that have built up in their house. And one of them is called like be money or like be rich. Yeah, be B-E. rich. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, before we really dive into this, I just have to stand up for the noble dung beetle really quick. Uh, because I literally just read a Twitter thread about the dung beetle today. And which is us. amazing. Yeah, it so apparently, like, apparently, oh, sorry, like, it, it seemed like, um, you know, just an animal you wouldn't have to explain to a five-year-old why it would be boring without like having to own the you know what i mean like oh poop we get it uh yeah. poop is bad yes honestly <laughs> yeah. it feels like doing the poop animal would be pretty amazing 
<laughs> I think everybody would want to do the poop animal when you're like 10 years old, but that's, you know, that's just me. But the I'm cool thing about that. dung beetles. That's uh, me as a poopy little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the dung yes. beetle. So scientists were trying to figure out like about dung beetles and why they be and why they be doing what they be. And apparently it's not just one thing to like roll a, b- a ball of shit somewhere. Like you got to be worried about getting attacked while you're rolling your ball of shit. That's fair. That's fair. They're constantly like dung beetles are have to get where they're going really quickly, which means a straight line is the fastest way to get where they're going. But how do they figure out what's a straight line? So they did science to determine that dung beetles actually use during the day, they use the sun. They like calculate using the sun to go in a straight line. And when uh, it's night, things get a little more complicated because they, they were using the moon and then they covered, like they covered the sky, like they put them in a large box or something and they covered the night sky and then they didn't really know where they were going. Like they were confused. And then, uh, but on moonless nights, they still knew where they were going. So are they looking at stars? No, their eyes are too shitty to look at stars. So apparently, <laughs> apparently they can see the entire like Milky Way galaxy. Like they can see our like spiral or, you know, nice. the shape of the galaxy in the sky. That's beautiful. And they can like use the galaxy to go in a straight line. Wow. Which is, you know, that's amazing. Nuts. Uh, so, so what you're telling me is that he chose the wrong project. Chose the wrong fucking project. <laughs> he could have had the most like majestic, like fill you with wonder project. And he well, moved. you know, they see the galaxy in the sky. And Smells like my, uh... <laughs> F minus. <laughs> All right. That seems correct. Um, the teachers are so harsh in this show. They really are. <laughs> I, Which, yeah, again, they, I think harkens back to that reality. Um, I had some pretty shitty teachers. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, you know, in my life. And I think that that's something you don't see on TV a lot, unless they're kind of that kind of cartoon monster, you know, in recess mm-hmm. or, or something, where they represent oh, yeah. all authority at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just a person who's a bad teacher. Yeah. Man. Yeah, they yeah the, we got we have two episodes that we watched this one and the next one that both kind of feature their science teacher yeah uh, and he's a whiny little uh, worthless shit yeah he's not great so in this B episode uh, yeah. Andy forms a sort of anthropomorphic relationship with these bees um, which I thought was fun. Uh, it's kind of skews into, into cartoonish unreality. Yeah. I noticed that right away, uh, with the theme song at the beginning. I mean, it was immediately more watchable. I think like they were definitely aiming it to be a lot more cartoony compared to season one. Like they probably ran out of real stories at the end of season one. (laughs) And then they were like, all right, let's just, you know, be a cartoon. And And one uh, thing I thought was kind of interesting, uh, was that both in this one and the next one, they're willing to make a pretty cartoonish concession without over-explaining it. Mm. Uh, so, for example, that the bees become this character that, you know, are able to... Uh, Spell out Andy's name in the sky. 
and 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 emotions and human emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in the Marvel movie version of this, <laughs> the because all these kids have these spectacular science projects already, right? Except yeah. the kid is just Louis, dressed Louis up in a dinosaur suit. From like, I guess my point is, my, all my point is gonna was gonna be that like, there's all these weird science projects going on in the background of this, and the obvious explanation would have been that his bees got contaminated with somebody else's spooky experiment. Mm. Oh, but in, instead yeah. they just have bees come to life. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's just the new world they live in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then in the end we find out they aren't even bees; they're hornets. Yeah, <laughs> that was the big twist. The big reveal was that they oh. were. Oh, they also laugh. came in a large crate that just said bees on it, <laughs> <laughs> which was my second favorite joke of the episode. My favorite joke of the episode um, was the the amazing animators who managed to maintain Dad's sunburn through the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the very beginning, uh, Dad, Andy, the dad, gets up, uh, and the neighbor's RV is like parked at like such an angle that it causes this like horrible sunburn on only half of his face. And the animators managed to like maintain that sunburn through the whole damn episode. Like, yeah. They stop referencing it after the first two minutes, and it's still there. Uh, yeah, it's which a good visual game. I love, yeah. I loved that, too. My favorite joke from the episode was when Andy was still not on board with the bees yet, with, with Louis' science project. He says, your uncle or your great-uncle? Yeah, I wrote that down, too. And Louis says, I thought he died from old age. And Andy's answer is... Uh, the beast destroyed his spirit, and then old age got him. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was my favorite. I was that was a legitimately good. I think that's of all Did we three all episodes. Write that down. That was I my think favorite so. part. Yeah, yeah. I think wonderful. of all three episodes, that was like, a, like a real joke. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so actually, I have a I have another that that was I realized just now that was my second favorite part of this episode because, uh, so the the sort of final act of this episode is that uh. He Louis Louis gets pissed at his dad sort of co-opting his project and he steals the queen bee to bring for his presentation. Uh, but then the swarm gets pissed and they end up swarming the school and everyone's freaking out. And the teacher, uh, <laughs> the teacher is like grabbing the phone and he says, everyone remain calm. And he picks up the phone and says, hello, hello, it's dead. And then this kid screams, they chewed through the wires. <laughs> like, like the bees were intelligent enough to cut the phone line. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I think, that was the thing. That was my favorite part. Well, they uh, had this, just, it was, it was yeah. funny too because they had this 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 relationship that became oddly codependent. Mm. Andy and the bees, <laughs> uh, but Andy had a whip, and like he would do, he was sort of like a like a circus ringleader. Mm. Yeah, um, like there's this scene where he's teaching them the trick to spell out his name, <laughs> <laughs> and they spell it wrong. They spell it wrong, and he whips them. <laughs> Yeah, so who's the real monster, I think, is the question we must ask. Uh, Side note, this is also the second. We are two for two on episodes of Andy splashing Louie with paint. Yeah. Just a weird weird coincidence, unless every episode has it. I don't know, but we're we're two for two on that. He's a a fan of splashing his little boy with paint. But I do like like the way that Andy... uh, kind of approaches everything in this show and in life with just this intense earnestness. Like he's not the sad, grumpy old father. He's like, yeah, he's grumpy. But like when something's happening, he is like on board 300% and just going nuts for it. 
Like yeah, in the next episode when he, thinks, when he thinks that like aliens are there, he is like 100% thinking aliens are there. So like I kind of I kind of like that too. He's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um well and and they they throw in little little tiny things that like ring true to me like uh the mom aura was like telling her telling him like oh you should get a hobby like my uncle haskell he built all these like ships in a bottle and he's like ah haskell was in the navy what else is he gonna do six months on a boat and it's like yeah like the army navy marines like they all they all think that they're the baddest ones and they talk shit about the other ones like like throwing in a thing like that that a kid watching this show is not really gonna appreciate but like you know sort of just adds more truth to the show i thought was really fun too no yeah uh so they're at the it's the end of the in the end of the episode and they're like at the science fair Mm. and one girl has a death ray (laughs) yeah yeah she blows up an apple she like liquidates an apple uh which just kind of was really i mean i would say it's alarming but we just had you know be be discussions with mm-hmm. Andy. You know, I mean, Andy was, you know, we, we definitely broke in reality, but compared to, you know, the first episode we watched where it's just like about dad getting fired at his job and now we're cutting to like death rays and B armies and it's like, there's been a shift here. You know, <laughs> to be kind of a killjoy, it, it kind of lost me a little bit that we weren't just having like sad child times the whole the whole episode. Mm-hmm. I so some something you all need to know about me is I'm a, I'm a terribly melancholy person on the inside, and so I love <laughs> sad stories about sad people, like actually about being with sad. The vapors. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, get bring out the fainting couch. Like I, I just wanna, I just wanna watch my stories about like Russians in the 1890s being sad at each other. Like that's my jam. And so after the first episode, I was like, yes, like this is this is introducing children to difficult subjects and tackling them in Deep hard sorrow. ways. Right. And so once we got to like the blowing up apples, it was just like, oh, well, I'll find my melancholy elsewhere, I suppose. Yeah, it's <laughs> fair to say that episode one really had the only real, genuine, heartfelt moment. Yeah, the for sure. Well, uh, the end of episode, the last episode, the end of it was yeah. really heartfelt. That's yeah. true. Which might, nice be a, might be a good segue. Hey, yes. what, why don't you tell us what happened in that third episode? Yes, as a reiteration, we had episode seven of season three, Close Encounters of the Louis Kind. Uh, Louis and Mike once again are having to do a project for that same science teacher, and they decide to uh, build a spaceship for no good reason. But the dad, Andy, sees it, and he's convinced it's a real spaceship because Mike does some stupid voiceovers like he's an alien, and things get out of hand, and like the whole town goes alien crazy. Uh, and that's kind of the the deal with this episode. I've seen this episode happen in several other TV shows off the top of my head. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sort of, of that War of the Worlds. Encounters, but it's the Day the Earth Stood Still, I think, is kind of the, the plot they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, yeah. somewhere between that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they... It's, it's, it's an interesting episode but i really this was my least favorite mine too uh, same i would agree uh, with with the the um the caveat that i did like the ending yes uh, the ending mm-hmm. is the best part of the of the episode so yeah. it, it kind of follows a pretty typical shenanigans track uh, like you could probably guess the whole plot just based on what i've said already mm-hmm. yeah 
Louis and his friend kind of go through uh, having to maintain this farce that they've created an alien life form and the whole town believed it and they didn't really expect that to happen. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was actually kind of fun. Like, they're stuck in this predicament. They weren't... They were trying to fool him for just like a laugh and it Mm -hmm. goes out of hand immediately and they have no idea how to like rein this thing in. Right. I liked the sequence where he asks his mom for help. Yeah. Yeah. No idea how to get themselves out of the trouble they've gotten themselves into. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, I just have almost nothing written about this episode. I have another like page (laughs) and a half of notes on the B episode, which I have like a bunch of extensive things. I still want to talk about at some point, but as far as this one, yeah, it it was, you know, it was nothing special. Same. Kind of looking at the traje- the trajectory of this show, I feel like the first season probably started with this, like, kind of, kind of, like, weirdly revolutionary out there idea of telling true stories about this true uh, kid who normally wouldn't be the hero in these sorts of cartoons. And then it just sort of, like, tumbled into trope zone from there, which yeah. is too bad uh, that they kind of fell into the same sort of pattern that other shows of the same time period were doing. Well, yeah, it was the Wonder Years in season one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, season three, it's, yeah, it's just kind of, they ran out of original stories, and they're kind of at nothing special now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a highlight of this one for me, uh, he goes and he's, like, having a crisis. He wants to figure out how to fix it, and so he goes and he talks to his mom, and he's like, oh, man, uh, you know, hypothetical statement, like, blah, 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 and sort of explains what's going on. And she's she gives him, like, this whole metaphor about cookies, but it's really obvious that she knows, like, she kind of knows exactly what it is. And she's like, yep, and it all comes down to no, honesty and that. taking I responsibilities. That sort of sagely mom advice that it's always kind of appropriate. Like, I guess, I guess the wink is more from the writers, right? Like, her, her, sure. her, her language is oddly uh, specific, you know, about mm-hmm. it. But like, yeah, I mean, later on, she seems pretty surprised and she lays the foot down. And, and yeah, she actually and got mad, sends him to his room and he goes off grumbling, like, oh, go to your room, be original. Um, <laughs> what does he say? He says, uh, when are you going to come up with anything new? Go to your room, go to your room. Um, such a, such a little shit. Uh, yeah, but I, I liked, I liked that moment, but the thing we were talking about with the end, uh, obviously it, it all comes out and his dad looks like a complete idiot because he's sort of been like the, the front man. He's thinking he's some sort of earth ambassador and he's going to become, you know, he's like, oh, they're going to give me a spot in the UN. And, you know, then everyone obviously is like, well, fuck you. This was all a joke by your son and his friend. And so he's like being despondent. And Louis comes out and sort of tries to make amends. And there's not even a moment. It's just like, yeah, come here, you know, and they just start hugging. And he's like, you know, what, you know, he, he's he's basically just like, oh, yeah, you know, your, your spaceship would have flown better if you'd used a battery pack. And then they're hugging and they're looking up at the stars. And it's like, man. This guy's a really good dad. He's just like, I get it. And he immediately forgives his son, even though he's obviously sort of like today, at least this town pariah because of this whole situation. So uh, I, I really thought it. that was fun. <laughs> yeah, they, they developed the dad's character so nicely and they show him as flawed, but also allow like chances to demonstrate that at his core, he is a good dad. Like he, mm-hmm. he does his job well in the end. So there's yeah. one point where... They had balloons, and then they do their new version. They switch to electric fans mounted on the outside of the machine (laughs) and have a 30-foot extension cable. Uh, And I guess it flies 
And, you know, when we're doing this, like, taking notes on watching a children's cartoon, it's really easy to just kind of let your entire focus on something that's normally bland. Like, this episode was kind of bland to be like, oh, my God, what fans don't work? That doesn't work. (laughs) And it takes a minute to kind of step away from that. But, uh, I mean, in our regular episodes, we're watching a show about anthropomorphic dinosaurs who dinovolve. Yeah, yeah, you guys so. don't really get to criticize uh, <laughs> based off of their Home Depot prowess. That's that ain't fair. Yeah, uh, and I would say like if you look at Andy as a character, he in a way he's kind of got that Homer Simpson type of of attributes that you could kind of generalize them as similar. Uh huh. Um, but he actually manages to be very unHomer like in a lot of ways that yeah. other. Mm-hmm kind of rip-off types have not succeeded at doing. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, I guess because yeah. he's, not, he's not based on literally Homer Simpson, but he's got that. Yeah. He kind of he checks those boxes of uh, angry yet yet uh, yet earnest uh, dopey dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time thinking of, like, an, a, mo- a more modern analog for him. Like, I'm having a hard time trying to come up with, like, a children's show character who is, like, a father figure but does strike that balance of, yeah, he's bumbling and ridiculous, but he actually, like, is a really good father. And not in the sort of, like, very thin way that I think a lot of shows try and capitalize on. Well, totally. there's a lot of a lot of shows think that they're talking about family and they're depicting right. a family, but they really don't actually depict anything that really happens moment to moment in a family. Right. Right. Like this one tries and comes close. Right. I mean, like when you when you see scenes of of dinner and it's like, a, you know, in the first episode, Louis trying to watch TV at dinner and he's just lost his job and he's like, you know, suddenly worried about electricity. And he's like, no, don't turn on the TV. And like, oh, why are you eating so much? And like all the, you know, this sort of like little minutia of just sort of sharing a house together as a family. Like, I feel like that's kind of what gets overlooked a lot of times. And you're just sort of like, well, the kids leave the house and the mom's there when they come home, you know? For sure. So I think they, I think that that step gets skipped. So it's hard. Yeah, I can't think of another character like this currently either. Um a unique, it, a unique personality and a unique body shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is true. He's kind of got some grandpa from Hey Arnold in him too. A little bit, you and, know, uh, the way he like tells a story and has a weird high voice. Uh, and it's ridiculous. And Uncle Thermidor and blah, blah. Why am I spacing <laughs> on the guy in King of the Hill with? Is it Dale? Dale, who has a trucker hat. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of reminded of him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see some of that. In the, um, well, I don't know. I see Dale's quite differently, but I don't know that it bears going into over-explaining why. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Another random note that I have is uh, in the last two episodes we watched, uh, there was definitely this, the final narration that happened Mm -hmm. that felt really vestigial, I think, because the narrator was a lot more used in the first episode. And then it happened a lot less. And then it kind of came and was really rushed at the end of these last two episodes. Like both times it's like literally fit into about five seconds. He's like, well, it was that time that I realized that dad never did this. And that's what we all like. And that's the end. Here's the credits. (laughs) It was just like, (laughs) I I think it kind of harkens back to what I was saying before that, that I agree that this, it kind of gets more and more hand boned in there. Um, But 
you kind of need it. You kind of need to know this is a real person's real stories to buy into the, sh- the conceit of the show. Yeah, I think it stopped being necessary to the episode itself, though. Okay. Like his narration, his narration wasn't needed. I think you know they they end on a moment already, kind of not needing the narration. And then he jumps in. You're like, oh, okay, okay, we're gonna get we're gonna get a really really quick summary, and then that's the end. But yeah, you know, it belongs to a different show. It's kind of this like leftover bit. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Now. If we don't have any other immediate notes, I have a bunch more B notes. Okay, Tell let's us. Get back to the, let's share those. Share those B notes, man. Is anyone ready for bees? bees? <laughs> you ready to get back to the bees? bees? Not on board. Um. So first of all, Buzz was Buzz. really confused about the dinosaur science project. That's just a kid wearing a dinosaur costume. Yeah, what a cop out. <laughs> like Louis gets like a. An F or an a B or a C and it's a D minus and a several B Bs. or like an A. I don't even remember. Despite like did you just actually a B showing joke with the letter B. Yes, I did. I didn't, oh, I'm not letting I it guess. go by. Okay. I want to. I, I want to call it out. Uh, whether or not it's because it was good, I heard it. It was a terrible I know, joke. I know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just had a lot of continuity problems with oh, the end. Of this episode, of the B episode. So, hold on. So, Scott <laughs> is, is Scott Jensen is his friend. So, yes. Scott ends up in Louis' B suit, which means it was at the school at the time when Louis is there. But Louis didn't use it. He instead put on the dinosaur costume and went out. Oh, yeah. And like then we missed a scene somehow. Yeah. And, and then he, they go in. So... Andy got Jensen's RV to drive it to the school. He was like, ah, it's the bees. And he's like, oh, I knew our problem with bees. Like, he wasn't yeah. part of that plot at all. He wasn't part of the, the bee plot. No. Uh, uh, at all. Uh, and But then they're kind of like suddenly together on it, and they drive together. And then in the back of the RV is Scott's, like, flower map, which means yeah. it's not at the school Oh, because that's a science project. That's a science project. So Scott it's left his science project at home. In the RV, and there's no mention of it. He runs back into the van. They escape from the bees. And the, and the map is in the RV. Austin, so that it can be... this a lot closer than I did. Yeah, I was going to say, I, just, I think I went into a fugue state for like most I, I of this episode. I was confused, and then I did some very careful studying of those did moments. You, did you put screenshots up on the wall and push pins and string? <laughs> I very nearly did. He can't, have been, he can't have been at the school with the science project because the science project was in the back of the RV that the guy was trying to sell. To. It was. There was a second B suit. <laughs> there was a second <laughs> B suit. Um, there's another brief moment where uh, uh, Andy shows up at Jensen's work and mm-hmm. Enrique is asleep on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, Enrique. That's, that's Enrique. I mean, one, I would say if I was a scandal a scandal monger i would say that <laughs> they were having an affair that jensen and enrique would totally just Ooh. had had some sex uh <laughs> if, you know but uh but he also says a line jensen says um good goulash when he's like afraid, <laughs> when he's like terrified of 
what's right. going on. Good goulash. I, good goulash, which I was really confused by. Partially just whether it's a thing that he says or, I mean, he had this this sort of weird affectation. The whole, like, his character was yeah. like, oh, hello. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another another uh, trademarked fun fact. Yeah. Uh, the voice actor for Mr. Jensen was T.C. Carson, who is most famously the voice of Mace Windu and all of the secondary uh, Clone Wars and video games and stuff uh, oh, content. Oh, nice. So that's that Mace Windu. Fact. Now, back to goulash. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure it was trying to be like a weird, like, oh, it's a cultural thing. Like, like he's goulash is not a fancy food. It's well, it's like Hungarian. Sounds fancy to a goulash, kid though. Goulash is Hungarian, and I wasn't sure if they were like if they were trying to have him be like from some weird country that they were like, oh, what's a weird foreign thing for him to say? And I wasn't sure. I'm, the, that's what was going on. I was just very confused by that. But personally, my guess is that they were trying to play the Jensen's like they're, you know, this especially this episode, like they're more well off than oh. they are, and because the because they bought the RV, so it's like kind of part of the thing. And goulash sounds better, and like it, it, they probably just in the in the in the room were just like, uh, good gravy. No, what's bougier than that? Good. Goulash, you know, like that's how I imagine it happening. Like, yeah, goulash would buy an RV. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I mean, Honey's gonna buy an RV somehow in this episode. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that was that was the plan. Well, I think that uh, I don't want to let you talk about bees anymore. Yeah, that's fine. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) So, conspiracies. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I was really enraptured uh, with all of these um, these these deep conspiracies about why the map was in the RV and not in the classroom. Uh, but, you know, these are mm. mysteries for another time. Yeah. And in fact, I think now might be a perfect time for our very favorite segment on this day in animation history. Cue theme song. Yeah. This theme song is going to be like uh, two. Seven two, different eagles. Yeah, All two screaming. different two different types of seven different eagles. So I'm sitting next to our sound engineer right now, and he's just shaking his head. <laughs> no, that's because he likes yeah, it. Yeah, I want to be able to hear that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. they're doing... He's laughing, but the, the there's sound tears. of Kyle shaking there's his tears. head. Yeah. They're doing, like, doo-wop favorites. <laughs> seven, two, two different, seven different eagles taking doo-wop classes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All together now. You kind of get their like, and this one, is like their their like end of class one, presentation. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Like no, I like school? that. Yeah. Charles, and Do-wop and school. Do-wop school, of course. Do-wop yeah. Academy Do-wop for Young school. Eagles. Mm-hmm. So sure. that's what the sound, that's sure. what the theme song sounds like. Uh, take it away, Andy. Great. Yeah, thanks for that uh, that work, Kyle. I'm sure you just whipped that one right out of your pocket. Um, So... Uh, this is, this is, I found this very interesting because this is 1995, which is a weird year for animation. And, uh, so this first little section, I think paints, uh, a good picture of what I remember, like watching TV to be like in 1995. So we were on at this time, which is June 18th of 1995 on the, this is the first episode we watched. I only did that one. Uh, we were on the fourth episode of Dr. Katz, professional therapist. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had just finished season two of Duckman. We not were not familiar. Uh, it was a weird, like, sitcom with a duck person at the helm. Um, we were in the middle of season two of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Oh my God! God bless. Yeah, I could talk uh, for hours about Space Ghost. I have like he's my wallpaper thing. to this day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
we we were sort of in the middle of a midseason break of season three of Street Sharks, uh, and at the end of season two of Biker Mice from Mars. So that was that's an interesting you know sort of cross section of like slightly adult cartoons to very kid cartoons of what's happening in 1995. Uh, but this was in this in summer, and as Louis's dad so astutely points out in the first episode that we watched. Summer is when reruns happen because new stuff is pretty much exclusively in like the spring and the fall. Uh, so later in this season, during the fall, here's just a, a list of weird shows that happened. So 1995 was the year of Jim Carrey cartoons. We got all three of them. The oh, Mask, wow. Boy. The Mask oh, no. animated series, the Dumb and Dumber animated series, and the Ace Ventura animated series all happened in the, that oh, what a year. Woof. Uh, a weird fact is that the Ace Ventura series was the only one that had actual permission to use his likeness. No way. So the other two had to like get weird with the animation style so that it didn't specifically look like Jim Carrey in the show. That's extra wow. weird. Very when odd. that happens. Um, but they all sucked. I can tell you that personally. <laughs> uh, I hated them. They were awful. Uh, but that's just me. Maybe we watch it later and maybe I'm proven wrong by a really cute ending to one of the episodes uh there'll be a really know. heartfelt ending where like i don't know <laughs> he farts on a duck <laughs> <laughs> where he farts on a duck uh so here's here's a bunch of other it's not gonna... all it's quacked up to be oh no austin no don't do that uh, are we able to just <laughs> slot Allison into the permanent slot that Austin wants? I can right? I can swap in. I I can yeah. Just tag me in, Coach. You know, uh, actually, you're, mm. oh no, you go. No, I'm just gonna say that your friendship isn't all that it's quacked up to be. Whoa, whoa. Okay. All right then. All right. Uh, so back to my segment. Um, uh, can I share a really brief story about Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Please do. Do it. Do it. Okay. So little little baby Allison, like back when I was like seven or eight, um, I started sneaking out of my bed into the living room to watch uh, episodes of Space Ghost Coast to Coast because I just thought it was the best thing in the universe. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I enjoyed it that much at that age, but I did. Uh, and I remember my my parents discovering that I had snuck out of bed to watch and they were really upset. And then they they came and they were like, what, what are you sneaking out to watch at this hour, this late at night? And they sit down for like three minutes and they start laughing and mm. they decide to join me for the episode. And so the next week when I sneak out to watch it, they were already there waiting and they had the channel already. And it became like our family thing to just wow. like sit down and watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Like, wow. to this day, my mom still, like, loves the Breck show. Like, that's her oh, favorite man. thing in the world. <laughs> so good. So, yeah, Space Space Ghost was really formative for me. That's, that's a great, awesome. great show. And it's still show. hilarious, yeah. Uh, so, Take other, us home, Andy. other fun uh, things that premiered in the fall of 1995. Earthworm Jim. Freakazoid. Oh, Pink. Freakazoid. Mm-hmm. Pinky Freakazoid. and the Brain. Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries. Timon and mm. Pumbaa. Oh my uh, god. The Savage Dragon cartoon. Uh a show I've never watched, but I love the title of Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders. How have I oh, never yeah. seen that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it looked it looked like for babies. Um The Twisted Tales of Felix the Cat. And uh I think that was the those were the like main ones that I liked that were like premiered, but things that were also still running at the time. It's just sort of like contemporaries of life with Louie. I love I love this because it sort of like gets me in the mindset. Uh, Ah, Real Monsters was running. Gargoyles was running in their second season. Uh, 
The Tick, Animaniacs was in season three, and Rocco's Modern Life was also in season three. So, yeah. like, when you consider that the, like, competition that this sort of show had against the sort of monolithic things like Animaniacs and Rocco and even Gargoyles. I mean, Gargoyles was huge in its time. Yeah. Like, people loved that show. It was a lot more marketable, that's for sure. Yeah, like, this, I, I fully understand why this one sort of got swept under the rug. Like, yeah. Which, but they still had three production seasons. Yeah. Here, Which is that, way this, more than I ever would have expected for a show this unmarketable. Might mm-hmm. be a good segue to my next segment. Uh, so a fun fact about Life with Louie is that it didn't have much pull after its run in the U.S., but it did end up having a huge pull in the like greater former Soviet Union, like Eastern Bloc, Eastern <laughs> oh, Europe. Oh, I totally buy that. Yeah. So it turns <laughs> I out. I told it earlier when I yeah. said that I love like sad Russian like drama. Like, this <laughs> is that. Yeah. Yes. I almost I almost brought it up then, but apparently it was one of the few shows that sort of was over there at the time that was running in, in syndication, and it became this like huge beloved cultural hit, and like yeah. people in that area still like quote it today. I like it's it be, it was a big deal, and I think if I'm just sort of guessing, <laughs> it's that a show like a quaint show about life in the '60s was a lot more like resonant in 1995 to like people coming out of the Soviet darkness. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that like a very simple that sort of like wow. atomic family uh, technology being sort of what it was. They were kind of seeing more of a reflection of their own current life in like. America in the '60s right. was like Hungary and and like all that that area. So my uh, I pull up sometimes I pull up IMDb reviews, and this one is a nine out of ten star review of Life with Louis uh, from author Zoker two seven two seven two four zero eight seven four from Hungary. Oh, that guy. And yeah, that classic reviewer, and he says. The title of the article is, or the review is, Must See, One of the Best Animated Series. <laughs> this is a true story about a kid's special childhood. He is an average boy only nine years old. He lives with his family in the USA, Wisconsin. His family standing, <laughs> his family standing from 13 persons. The supporting characters are outstanding and very funny in the series, and the leading character, Louis, is phenomenon. <laughs> Louis Anderson, oh. the leading character, is the second youngest boy in the family. The mini stories usually about Louis and his younger brother Tommy and their parents. I become Italian all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> the father is Andy Anderson, is a veteran man, and he speak all time about the WW2. <laughs> the mother is Aura Anderson, who loves and holds together the giant family. Louis studying in the local primary school and his classmates are his friends. The series contained funny, sad, and emotional moments. I recommend it to everyone who wants to see an American child's entertaining adventures. What a precious review. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I love that we're sort of slightly making fun of Hungarians. (laughs) Just a little bit. But like... That was really earnest. I enjoyed yeah. that. I enjoyed yeah. that a lot. That was nice. Mm-hmm. He lives with his family in the USA, Wisconsin. Oh, his <laughs> classmates are his friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fascinating aspect of it that, like, they still quote it today. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's pretty nuts. You know? Uh, not a bad thing. So, I mean, that's pretty much our, like, episode-by-episode discussion on Life with Louie. Do we have any final thoughts? Like, Andy, what are you you thinking? Yeah, okay. I'll go. Um, (laughs) I'll go first, and I'm going to take all your talking points. Uh, I like the show. It was very, very good. I like American Family. Um, We have to do this in the accent now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Hungary. Big strong. I only ever knew one Hungarian guy, and it was in middle school, and I don't remember what he said his family talked like, because he talked like an American kid. Um, okay, yeah, so I uh, I really liked this, but sort of in a in a very caveat sort of way, you know? I don't right, you know— You have to frame it in the context that we watched it on purpose. Yep. Uh, right. Yeah, like, I—, I I truly don't think I can recommend that anyone goes back and watches this entire catalog as a human in their 20s. I'm currently 29. So, like, as a person in their 20s going, like, ah, what's an old show I can watch? birthday action. Oh, my God. Yes, it is my birthday today. Yay! Uh, Hard turn into reference in that. (laughs) (laughs) But I I just, I don't think I can recommend, like, (laughs) you're not going to binge this show and get a lot out of it, right? So no, I think that's fair. I think in a historical way, if I had been maybe like a little bit of an older soul when this if came out, if you could, I, if, well, how about this? Would you recommend it to eight-year-old Andy? Actually, yeah, I would recommend this to eight-year-old Andy because eight-year-old Andy probably would have dug this if he got past the animation part. I think I think I would have watched this and had a good time if I knew it was on. Uh, I, I definitely do, but I don't think it would have become one of my favorite shows uh, yeah. on, in any circumstance. But I think that I could have gotten some fun out of it. Um, I just, I just don't think I was there in that headspace, right? Like, I think it, it takes. I'm only appreciating it now because I have a little bit of uh, extra life under my belt, right? Yeah, <clears throat> I and, feel like, and what, I, I think what, that's kind of my thought. What we wound up really enjoying out of this might have been a little more subtle than than eight year olds were gonna be yeah. on to, on board for. Great. Let's segue to Rory talking. How did you feel about it? I, I think I pretty much mirror those those thoughts. Um, I, I think it would be hard to say you should go watch this um, in a context of there were plenty of other things else a person could watch or read or do. Um, I I think I think I would have told a little kid me to give it a second chance. Um, but that yeah, that what I wound up really liking out of it in this watch. Was I not stuff I think I would have been able to appreciate then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I, I yeah I agree with that. Um, I think it's kind of it. I when I'm trying to remember like why I avoided it. I mean, one, it's you're kind of at the whim of your schedule, and if you're not like around when the show comes on, you you might as well never be able to watch it. Uh, yeah. At least at that time. Yeah, right. it could have just but, it could have been on in a different country. It just didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I just don't wake up that early or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, or I get home from school and it's just not, you know. Uh, but it's kind of the show is kind of like the vegetables of cartoons. <laughs> like it's it's the it's the like it's probably better for you to watch and you're learning about like life and 
you know, family <laughs> and important people. And it's just when you're when you can compare it to the other sh- the other shows that have like swords and yeah, when it's I mean, swords is, is a pretty big pull. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that you know that you're getting like grounded family discussions, and that's not what what I was looking for at the time. I didn't really want any of that. I mean, I was watching Sonic the Hedgehog at the time, right? right? Like, I was feeling way past cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I don't know if I would have dug it. Dug it. I I don't know if I would have loved it. <laughs> I would have dug it. I dug it. <laughs> I was watching Doug. oh no (laughs) i don't know um but i I do agree that that i can appreciate it now for what it is of course now it's not really a show for me i don't know if it ever would have been a show for me Mm. but that doesn't mean i don't appreciate it and i think it was like good to have okay allison you want to take us home yeah uh i i did watch this show when i was a kid i don't remember a lot of it uh, and I recognize now because there are a lot of parts of it I just didn't get or it fell into a space that felt like a lot of other shows. But I I get why I liked this show as a kid. Uh, I, I, I did and still do really like true stories about people having true experiences. And I would recommend that uh, as a as a uh, as someone who is a, an adult, uh, go go back and watch like an episode or two from the first season. If for anything else, uh, do it because nowadays we live in an era with our, where kids are watching cartoons that are about those true stories and true experiences and are willing to go to those places that in the 90s, a lot of cartoons weren't a willing to go to yet. Mm, yeah. uh, I think this is a really good example of uh, an early ish like children's cartoon that dared to hit those emotional marks that a lot of cartoons are doing today and it's super in vogue to do yeah. uh this was one of the shows that did it first that's pretty badass yeah totally and again it was like marketing suicide like it, it oh absolutely it, it's not it is not it was not easy i'm sure like the ad agency or the fox marketing was like how do we promote this show like oh, everyone we have is to weird. sell this troll child oh God. Like, the dad is like a it. weird spider-man <laughs> <laughs> they they added that theme song that little like soul like life with Louie, Louie. Louie, like, like i think the uh this is sort of going back to a discussion but they really did i feel uh invent a new word in that theme song because they say that Louie is likable lovable cuddly and behuggable there's a they bub say, before the huggable? Yeah, they say like a belovable, cuddly, behuggable. Ew. Weird. Oh, God, that's what yeah. they had to do to sell this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, we I don't even we know. We can't chalk that up to, you know, needing to throw in a little note. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could have written a better word, but they were probably on a huge <laughs> deadline. <laughs> yeah, in so, between yeah, seasons. I bet it <laughs> – I, I imagine it couldn't have been easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, props to it. Yeah. So as is our tradition, we give it. What's what's our traditional review that we give it? Right. You know, you know that that thing that we give to it. Um, I I give potatoes. it. I give it uh four um four touching moments with sphere dad out of five. <laughs> uh, I rate this one a eleven a.m. Out of yeah. twelve, it's just the time that it. <laughs> I'm gonna rate this. Uh, that's a good, good. 
gonna I'm gonna rate this. I came up with this bit, so it's you know okay. I'm not gonna do it. What? <laughs> you have to. Shit. <laughs> oh yeah, like he gets he gets a pass. I'll give yeah, it a pass because he, because he provided us with 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 comedy. All right, Rory, like, what do you give it? Yeah, I'm giving it eight potatoes. Um, not I don't out know of if anything. That's out of a number of potatoes, <laughs> but more like if you were cooking, plan to use eight potatoes. Right. If you're in a large family, makes sense. Yeah. Or like I'm gonna maybe give it one box of bees. <laughs> one box of bees. <laughs> like like if you if you you know if you were approached by someone and they're trying to get in your house and they're like give me all, give me the potatoes and and you had to be like uh, I can give you eight I can give you eight Louis I'll give you eight you know that works for me I like the potato okay. measurement I mean mine was just a time yeah 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 it was good I like uh, that. Yeah, remember when I was funny? <laughs> uh, I think that that was an awesome episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Weren't, weren't we just charming? I we think we need gang. to thank our awesome guest, Allison Lurs. Thanks for, for having me, guys. Yeah, it was thank wonderful. You. We'll have to have you back at some point. Yeah, yeah, call me if you ever want to watch more sad shows. That's what I'm all about. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, there's any number of opportunities. Like I think uh, we mentioned, we're going to try and do one of these little one-offs every month. Uh, and that's going to be really fun because I think we are we need a palate cleanse after several episodes of something like Dinosaurs or oh, Digimon uh, to yeah, maybe make us appreciate it. And also, I think this is where a lot of the interesting episodes might get to live. Mm -hmm. You know, because we were, we were sort of torn with there's all these shows we wanted to examine, but that I think didn't necessarily fit the mold of watching every week and talking about them. Yeah. But this Absolutely. gives us the opportunity to take a, take a little peek into the, into those, those shows and um, explore them in a way we couldn't otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I want down. you guys to know for the record that I fucking love Digimon. Just oh yeah, you come in for some Digimon. <laughs> Just so you know, like, <laughs> I maintain that it's a phenomenal show. Yeah, we're building we're building a, a pantheon of Digi lovers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> spread the really spread the good really word, Allison. I gotta yes. know what's your opinion on Matt. <laughs> Uh, so Matt, Matt fills a trope space. I think he's a piece of shit, but like, I know why Ooh. he's there. I get that. Uh oh, you're, you're starting to fight. Oh no. Oh no. Are you a Matt fan? Are you a Matt guy? Uh, we here love Matt. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. We're like, pretty think, big fans of Matt. Okay. Think, you know, some people had like, uh, you know, Bieber or whatever on their wall when they were a kid, you know, young people, not me. I think I would have put Matt up if I'd been Matt's watching Matt's pretty Demon. cute. He's pretty cute. You know? I mean, between him and TK, I think I would definitely choose, like, like, like pretty-wise. Like, Matt is definitely the winner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No contest. Shit, uh, now I need to watch Digimon again. This, this watch through, Allison, I am, uh, I'm, a, I'm a lot more interested in Sora than I remember being watching it as a kid. Like, she's really doing Sora's a Sora's my for me. favorite character. She's so cool. She's just she's so, so cool. Fucking cool and complicated <laughs> and so oh God, she's just so damn good. Uh, so I started watching the uh, the new Digimon series, um, mm -hmm. the one that picks up with them like ten years later. And it's oh, goddamn motherfucking fascinating. It's so good. Like, 
they huh. managed to like these are like all these like you know so so many kids who all had like a shared traumatic experience let's revisit them 10 years later and see like how that affected them as adults it's fascinating it's really they really did good. like an all grown up but for digimon that's kind of yes. nuts Yes, and it's really good and, like, really intense. Like, Mimi goes and, like, lives in the U.S. for a few years and then comes back to Japan and can't make any friends because she uh, interacts with them on a totally different social level now, and it's really complicated. Like, like, it's so interesting good. Interesting that you mentioned she went to the U.S. One of the things we noted, um, the show kind of makes a point of acting like her shtick is, like, being a pretty princess. Yes. But she's dressed like a cowboy. Hell like, yeah. She's not, she's, she's not wearing cool clothes. Like, <laughs> the kid who came to school dressed like a cowboy was a fucking weirdo. <laughs> like, wow. Something I always really loved about that character is that, yeah, they gave her, like, a super feminine personality and a super, like, weirdly femme pink outfit. And then her yeah. fucking Digimon's a giant goddamn cactus. It's so rad. Oh, yeah. I love Digimon. It's really <laughs> Yeah. I'm excited anyway. for more. I'm really yeah. excited for more. And hopefully we can get you on on a regular episode so that you can talk about Digimon with us. Ah, please do. I fucking love yeah. Digimon. I defended the shit out of that show when I was a kid. Like, I, obviously the Pokemon like games are the best, but like, no, nah, the, the narrative for Digimon is so much more interesting. Well, oh, yeah. Time that's, will tell. That's a bold the statement. This episode is going to be the first like narrative episode because up till now they've just been kind of walking around. Yeah, nothing oh, has happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like once you, God, this is my deep nerd showing. Once you get into it, it's really <laughs> fascinating. Is this where they finally saved the digital world? Yes. <laughs> and maybe Listen, this is where we find when they change into digital champions. Is this you where we find out why the world is digital it. and not just some <laughs> other world? Oh, you guys, man, kill joints. Uh, we love our wonderful guest, Allison. She's so great. You. Thanks for coming. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That can't be the outro. <laughs> oh, no, it just oh. happened. Oh, oh man. Yeah. We're just going to shove you off into the darkness. We're going to crawl back in the digital world where <laughs> I'm a hero and beloved by many. <laughs> that yeah. Good. Say hi to Matt. <laughs> I will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give him a big old, big old smooch just to get he'll, back at you. Yeah. Maybe he'll play you a song on his harmonica. Oh, yeah, it's harmonica. I forgot. Oh, gosh. All right. Good night, night, everybody. Good night. Good night.